Uh, Nation. You have to be over 18 to enter this post-game show. You! <laughs> Welcome into the DMVR post-game show for the final time this season. That is sad. It, it is really sad. is. He delivered it sadly, too. Oscar-like performance. I'm sad. No, yeah. that, no, that was real. I felt the emotion. Came from the heart. Uh, we are presented by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Sign up with the code BUFFS, B-U-F-F-S. And you can get $20 off your first purchase. The Buffs fall to Utah. They fought their asses off in this game, man. 23-17. to 17. Um, We'll talk about everything that happened. Travis was robbed. Ryan Staub played great. Defense couldn't quite do enough, but I thought they played solid as well. Big takeaways. Who wants to start? I'll start. Uh, first of all, that was a joke about being over 18. Kids are welcome here. <laughs> um, second of all. This was really needed, really needed. Um, And the team went out there, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday with Shane and Cam about last week being kind of a wake-up call of like, hey, you can't sit back and just try and mail it in uh, to end this season uh, because in the Pac-12 and in football, if you lean back at all, you're going to get your ass. You're going to get knocked on your ass. Uh, and I was really, really proud of the team going out there and fighting today uh, and playing with a lot of pride because if they didn't, the narrative would have been a lot worse. Now, the haters are always going to hate. Um, Taylor Swift told us that. Yep. But I'm not giving her credit for that, but go right ahead. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I know you're kidding, uh, but like, I can't co-sign that. They are Swifties. always going to run their mouths, and they're going to say what they're going to say. But – Losing the last game and getting trounced in the last game is is different to me. Uh, and the fact that Colorado, without Shador Sanders, went out there and played admirably today and stayed in there uh, is just good for the vibes around the program. Sure. Awesome. Do you want to take next? away or take aways? Because I got I got like did you say well, take, big take away? Big I'm going to have a mini one and a big one too. So. Okay. Yeah, because I got like a, a, I don't have a plethora. We'll go through I, the game. But I, I got, I got, I you got have a some. plethora of tremendous takeaways. <laughs> you got to use the word tremendous. Darn it. And darn. It's be Coach Prime way. Uh, so, in no particular order, Travis Hunter is the best player in college football. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Stand don't care who it. you got. Standing on business on it. Quote Neely, don't quote Neely, don't care. Travis Hunter is the best player in college football. Here is a guy who. Literally, not spin, not stuff you put out in a press release, for real, for real, as we say in the hood, was literally a game-time decision. And he made the decision, I'm playing. And look at the impact he had on the game. Can you take us inside that a little bit? Just that whole situation? So, like, in glossing over it, not like to go day by day by day, you know, this flu bug has been going around. He was banged up from the last game. Travis Hunter literally did not practice at all this week. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him dress for practice maybe once, but he didn't rep it out. Yep. Didn't produ- and showed up for the game, right? And was in street clothes probably about 15 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> like, so really didn't even get out there and do the warm up stuff that people typically do. You know, you have this 90-minute countdown clock. Yeah. Well, we get here about two hours before the game. Then the 90-minute clock starts, and the first group is out there, and you're warming up. Didn't do any of that. I knew he was playing when he went in Coach Prime's office and came out in like five seconds. I was like, okay, he's playing. Like, so, he didn't go in there and ask. 
<laughs> like he, he went there and said, it. Yeah. I'm playing. So when you told us that story, I envisioned the opposite. I envisioned he opened Coach Prime's door. Coach Prime said, no. And then he walked out. So I was like, oh, he's probably not going to play because you said they just talked for five seconds. And I was like, oh. Yeah. No, it was for me, it was like uh, in legal cases, those quick jury decisions. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he he won. Like he didn't he didn't go in there for a conversation. Right. You know. And he immediately got dressed. Uh, so to me, best player in, in the nation. My second big takeaway is something that you guys tried to tell me from day one. <laughs> I pushed back because I did not believe that any officiating unit could be worse than the swag. <laughs> the fucking worst, bro. You guys tried to tell me, get ready for the Pac-12, the officiating is horrible, and I'm like, I right, can't be worse than the swag. Can't be worse than the swag. And it took about three games. Like, okay, it's probably tied with the swag. But today, I have learned, it is absolutely worse than the swag. Rip the Pac-12, too. <sighs> yeah, actually, Deuces. don't. Rest and piss. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so those are uh, – I got some more, but those are my two big takeaways. Travis, number one player in the country. Pac-12, I don't know what you're going to do with your officiating crews, but don't send them with us. Yeah, yeah. for real. Um, well, let's talk on both of those really quickly because, Travis, you – we, it's funny because we talked about this earlier in the season when Travis was sitting courtside at Nuggets opening night, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, shouldn't he be at the defensive meeting, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> nah, some guys can just do it. And Coach Prime has said, Travis can roll out of bed and play corner. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out Travis can roll out of bed and play <laughs> corner and receiver yeah. better than almost, if not anyone else. Uh, you know, the, the two-minute drill, actually, you got to rewind a play. Mm-hmm. because he makes a remarkable play on defense to have a tackle for loss to force a field goal on the other end to keep the buffs yep. within six. Yep. Um, and it's that classic, you know, fake orbit reverse motion that almost cooks everyone when you're in man coverage. Travis, no problem. Mm-hmm. Makes the play, uh, forces the field goal, and then goes out there, scores one touchdown when yep. he tiptoes the line. Um, and if you watch that back, and I don't even know if Coach Prime – had seen that or heard about that Probably yet because he didn't bring it up at all in the press conference. If you watch that back, his heel is hovering over the line. He does not step out of bounds. So there's one touchdown. Nope. Refs blow the whistle. Not even reviewable. Cool. On to the next one. A couple plays later, right back to him. Great throw by Staub. Great catch by Travis. And we're back to uh, maybe we never left. No one knows what a catch is. And everything is just based on you know how the ref slept that night. Uh, and the ref's in a quick review, yeah, which bothers me even more, come back and say he lost possession, blah, 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 which, uh, you know, for those of you out there who don't know, the ball can move, the ball can touch the ground. Yes. As long as a player maintains possession the whole time, yes, then that's a catch. To me, that's an easy catch. Pac-12 refs were terrible from the first day of this conference and were terrible on the last day of the conference yeah. as well. And and for me, I have always supported the notion in officiating that you you lean toward the call on the field and that the video evidence has to just be so widely clear that the call on the field is disputable. Like, 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 oh, my God, we blew that. Change it. So if you go by that standard, the touchdown that they say he dropped, to me was not indisputable that we got it wrong. If you look at the replay, which, you know, shout out to Utah and whoever operates their Jumbotron, they were showing every angle of it. Mm-hmm. They showed that when he caught the ball, his right knee touched the ground after the catch. Mm-hmm. He's done right there. 
He can punt the ball into the stands. It's a touchdown. Except for if you're going to the ground is the rule. Okay, but then the first rule is indisputable. <laughs> uh, exactly. You can't show me and tell me that that video was indisputable. The call on the field was touchdown. And, and I, then the other one, which was worse to me, actually, because at least that was reviewed. Reviewed horribly, but, re- but reviewed. Now, I'm getting to that one. Hey, man, I can say he didn't step out of bounds. You can say he did step out of bounds, which you do not do in a play that dynamic is stop the damn play. Absolutely. Let's rely on technology, not my eyesight or my emotion. Now, I'm going to sit here and say I'm standing on the sideline. I'm at the 20. I'm watching him come toward me, and I'm really watching his feet, not him. Why would I be looking him in the eyes? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to kiss him when he passed me. I'm looking at his feet. I didn't see him step out. That doesn't mean that he did or didn't. I didn't see it. But when I saw the ref blow the play dead because he thought he did, like, dude, you got to let that play finish yep. and then review it. When you blow it, you can't review it. Exactly. Yeah. So, to me, that's just horrible officiating and game management. You let the play finish, and then we go look and fix it. They you nailed terrible. it. You nailed it. And that changes the game entirely. because <laughs> 14 points, man. Well, and <laughs> – you go into the half with Colorado up 14, oh. 13. <laughs> and for the first time all game, Utah has, is, has their back up a little closer yeah. to the wall. I'm not going to say it's against the wall, but their entire game plan was just run the ball every play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't do that when you're losing. Now, they could have come out and stuck with that game plan down 14, 13, but they go three and out like they did. Colorado has a chance to get the ball back, go take an eight-point lead. Everything changes. So uh, really, really disappointing. And Travis Hunter... Um, ends up just getting robbed. Uh, yeah. Thank God he ended up getting in the end zone later, but he should have had it twice. But, you know, back to your greater point, Jake, when you started the show, mm-hmm. none of that takes away from the effort that this team made. Like, you still got to say hats off to them, proud of the effort. And this is not some, like, consolation prize, more victory, because I don't believe in more victory we lost. But the way they fought, having several people – not even make the trip, let alone not play. You don't have your QB1. Zay Weaver too sick to even come. You know, Trevor Woods, whatnot. Like, you had a lot of things missing. And those young guys, man, really showed some passion and heart and fought Utah, who if you look up in their stadium, Pac-12 champions past couple years. Like, you weren't – I know they were missing their quarterback, but other than that, you played their defense. Yep. You know, yep, you you played their offensive back. line, yeah. you know. And, uh, man, hats off, Jake, for starting the show with that tone because you can't take away the effort from this team. One uh, last thing on the refs that we have to touch on okay. is the bl- illegal blindside block on <laughs> Dylan Edwards' uh, return. Yeah. That rule, again, is so subjective what a, a blindside block is. These two guys are face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Bro's just not looking. And he doesn't get decleated. He doesn't get a helmet in the chest. He doesn't get a, even a shoulder pad. He gets two hands to his inside shoulder that knocks him over. But by no means was this a guy trying to knock a player out of the game by yeah. coming across him when he's not looking. He's mm-hmm. trying to block for his teammate who then went and, you know, scored a touchdown. And here's my log on that fire. What makes that call even worse is I don't think they were motivated to make the call because of the call. They made the call. That mic is on, by yeah, the way, Alyssa. I've been wondering what that was. They, they they made the call based on, like, the taunting after it. You know, like, I knocked this guy over and I kind of stand there over him, which was still not, like, taunting. 
And then they threw the flag, and then they called it blindside. It's like, come on, man! Like that's not what happened. Yep, and it wasn't a blindside at all. No, and I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm going to call even a little BS on the on the Derek McClendon uh, roughing the pass. Oh, I, I hate to make this about all about the refs. <laughs> like that was a, that was a bad one. The dude gets hit with his arm. Yes, up, the which ball means just the ball left. Just, I mean, he's not even here in his throwing motion. He's here in his throwing motion when he gets hit. The ball Great just throw, left. It's like and so. If I don't hit him and he he pump fakes it, you go, oh, what a play by the quarterback. He pump faked him out of it. He's allowed that motion. He was already there and like it wasn't targeting, didn't elbow him in the head. Put his I mean, put his helmet right underneath the his official arm. right by the play did not throw the flag. The ref at the other hash threw it. Brutal. All right, we'll, all right. we'll move on. Enough with the refs. My mini takeaway is that Ryan Staub played just he did all he could. Yep. And the guy played really rough at the end of that Nebraska game. He didn't look great last weekend, but man, just a week of preparation. It shows how important that is for a quarterback and just being on the same page with your players uh, or with your teammates, with your coaching staff. He played really well. My big takeaway, though, this game last year was 63 to 21. Mm-hmm. That's a good takeaway. 28 to 0 in the first quarter. Today, 23-17 to 17 with a backup quarterback, without your top receiver, without Trevor Woods, with a makeshift offensive line, like all this stuff. Yeah. yeah that's no, the progress. That's what Jake no calls. Van Wells. That's what, yeah, what no Jake, Van Wells. Jake calls perspective. Exactly. That's the progress year over year, right there. It's right in front of you. Yeah, I and, like that. And that's where all these your earmuffs fucking idiots who, Is that for the kids under 18? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where all these fucking idiots who come at me with 1-8 last year in conference, 1-8 this year in conference, are purposefully hiding their eyes exactly. from the real improvement that has happened in front of them. Yep. Of course, this is not how anyone or everyone wanted this season to go, except for them, of course. Um, but... That right there is the difference. Great and point. I've said it a million times, but since it's the last show of the season, I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it this offseason. Bobby Bowden, first you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big. That is what is happening here. They went from lose big to lose close. That's progress, upward trajectory, everything. Ryan Stopp said it, you know. He said, yeah. with the foundation that Coach Prime has laid here, uh, the trajectory is pointing up, we are going to be great. Which also leads to another conversation about Ryan Staub. Mm-hmm. The way he talked was very much us, we, the future. Yeah. I'm here. The way Coach Prime talked was he played so well, he's going to want to go play somewhere. Uh, And I won't blame him if he does. Yeah, and I'm going to lean toward the the Coach Prime because I believe what Staub was saying. Staub is a good guy in this locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, I've often said on this show that we do together that his command and knowledge of the offense has been high all offseason. The challenge that Staub is going to have is that the phone is going to ring. You know, this is NFL free agency, and he may feel like right now I want to come back to Colorado and fight to be QB2 because, let's face it, other quarterbacks are coming. Sure. But that's without him realizing that somebody out there after today's game is going to go, man, hey, man, we're looking for a starter. Yep. And that's why Coach Prime is like, you know, I don't know a guy who just wants to be number two. Yep. He's going to have an opportunity through the portal as much as I would want him to be here somebody's going to offer him the starting role of what they saw today. Yep. And I believe that, and, and I, no one would blame him if he if he no, not at those all. opportunities. But um, a credit to Staub for the way that he played, for the poise that he showed, mm-hmm. and a huge credit to Pat Shermer, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of find out from Staub that he knew all week he was going to be the starter. Yep, said he was told on Sunday. Yep, 
and um, he had a full week to prepare. And this coaching staff, especially Pat Shermer, um, poured into him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even last night at the team hotel, we saw, we see the offensive staff and Staub coming out of a meeting like just yeah. them. Uh, and they did anything and everything they could to get that kid prepared to play today, uh, and he was. Mm-hmm. He was very prepared to play today. And the one mistake which, you know, happens at an a unfortunate point in the game, you know, they have a nice drive going early there in the game, and he just held it a little too long and ends up fumbling it. But other than that, he played an incredibly clean game and didn't even have very many plays where you were like, ooh, that was close. So, yeah, yeah, like at yeah. the end of Nebraska when it was obvious, like he just couldn't – he didn't have a sense for the pressure, a mm-hmm. sense of the timing. Go back and watch the touchdown that he threw to Travis. That pocket's collapsing around him. Absolutely. He stood in there, delivered a strike, hit Travis on the run. Like He's got a hose, one, too. Yeah, yeah, one, beautiful quarterback. One of the things we have to appreciate is Staub practices – rewind. When QB1 is healthy and practicing – Staub is practicing against defense one. Yeah. Number one defense. So he knows pressure. He knows how to stay there. Same thing with Gavin. They practice against, you know, the the defense ones. And his commanded offense, Pat Shermer working with him specifically, you know, this week. Because um, Staub may have been told you're the guy or probably going to be the guy Sunday. Shador typically sits out Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Well, we're off on Mondays. He typically sets, sits out Sunday and Tuesday. It became clearer and clearer as you got to Wednesday and Thursday. Like, okay, I guess this guy going to pull a Travis Hunter. Not too many quarterbacks missed the whole week yeah. and still practice. Yeah. Uh, but Stobman, his commanded offense, I think the nervousness from whether it was Nebraska or last week when he got in, got pulled so Gavin could give it a shot, clearly was going to be his all day today. And him working with Shermer all week, man, you can just see, like, the dude can get it done. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he ha- he has – what you want in America. He's going to have choices. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he has a decision to make. Wish him the best. Would love to have him back, but more importantly, want him happy. And if he has a shot to be QB1 somewhere, man, God bless his performance in this because it helped. And that's the challenge of college football in yeah. 2023. Well, I mean, you, you heard Shane Cox at the presser. You know, as much as I'm leaning on him, interviewed him post-game on the field and Kind of indicated to me that the needle is pointing toward coming back, but in the presser was honestly, you know, I have made my mind. We live in a world in college football. You have to recruit your own team again. Yep. If there's guys you want back, you got to sit and talk to them because the phone's gonna ring. You kind of have to be recruiting them twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. dating. It's crazy. Unless you want to be like Jake and just let them go, because he will love them and leave them, man. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Factor. <laughs> that was that was a compliment. It really was. He just shook his head. <laughs> Guys, uh, meal kits are awesome. Didn't moved on. <laughs> but everyone hates the cooking that comes along with them, and that's the best part about Factor. It all comes pre-portioned. Um, just pop it in the microwave for a few minutes. It's also delicious and good for you. Uh, so right now you can head to factormeals.com slash dnvrbuffs50 and use code dnvrbuffs50 to get 50% off. And you can't beat 50% off, man. Nope. Again, that's dmvrbuffs50 at factormeals.com slash dmvrbuffs50 to get 50% off. In the words of Frank Lucas to Tango in American Gangster, that's my profit. <laughs> like, I'm giving away my profit. I'm giving you 50% off? Like, that's my profit. If you guys don't go and order some damn meals and use that code, you're crazy. And then our great, great friends at Game Time. Sadly, uh, this is it. This no is it for uh, for Buffs tickets. 
But, you know, luckily you can get tickets for the Nuggets. The Broncos. Kev- Kevin Hart, if you're into people who are not funny. Uh, you can go to <laughs> just asking for the smoke from the comments. It's crazy. <laughs> Taylor Swift, if you're into people who don't have a lot of talent, oh my uh, god, let's get wow. the Swifties on board. Yeah. Like any way it goes, you could go to Game Time and get tickets that you can't get otherwise. Yep, I uh, used Game Time many, many times for concerts, NFL games, NBA games, Abs Nuggets. I mean, it's the best for all of that. Uh, and the best is you get rewarded for procrastinating, which you rarely do in this life. Yep. <laughs> Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code BUFFS, B-U-F-F-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code BUFFS, B-U-F-F-S, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. we got a full game book, so this will be quick, I promise. Okay. Uh, first quarter... <laughs> The Buffs have a solid drive. They get all the way to the Utah 35, and you said it. Uh, just kind of collapses on Staub, and he fumbles the ball. Yeah, if I have one critique of Staub today, you know, if I were his coach, um, just on those RPOs, you have to get it out quick. Uh, and that's what it was. He's looking for the backside slant, and it's there, but he's just like, and then, you know, he gets hit. I'll um, add to that. And then later in the game, really quick, uh, they get the – uh, a legal man downfield on Savion Washington on another RPO because he's just he's waiting for it to be open. Mm. When on the RPOs, it kind of has to be one, two, three. Yep. Yeah. Back to that first one that led to the ball security strip fumble. Um, getting your nose more downfield, your peripheral opens up to see that guy. But the first part of that, I'm putting more on tanking that side of the protection because that guy just came clean. Yeah. Uh, and so Staub really, from a pragmatic standpoint, didn't have the opportunity to see him. You know, you still got to hold the ball better, get your head more square, and then you, maybe you can catch by the corner of your eye. But that was pretty much the only thing that you can put on him this game. It says, oh, man, you know, you got to hold the ball. Yeah. Uh, but he played well. Uh, Utah's first drive starts at their own 42. They drive it down the field. This was scary. Uh, it was scary because it was eight straight runs. They didn't even throw the ball. Eight plays, 58 yards. They score a touchdown. It's 7 nothing, and there's like, I don't know, five minutes left in the first quarter, and you're like, oh, God, here we go again. That's exactly what I thought, and I said, okay, well, you knew coming in that all they wanted to do is run. You, you game plan to stop the run because they had a fifth-string quarterback, and then they ran the ball eight straight times down your face to score uh, on the first drive, and I thought this could get ugly. Credit to the players for – Standing up, you know, obviously they weren't good against the run all day, but they were better than they were on that drive the rest of the day. So sideline perspective to that, excuse me, Jake. I'm with y'all. I'm standing there, 20. They score. At the 20, I'm standing there like, oh, shit, here we go again. But as you're saying, RK, hats off to the players because when when the defense came off the field, it was an attitude of instead of, oh, shit, it's happening again, their body language and verbalized to each other was was that won't happen again. Yep. Like they were mad about it, yep. that it, that that happened. And, you know, it didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So Staub was sacked at the last play of that first drive. He sacked on the first play of their second drive. That's it. He was yep. sacked twice today. That was it. Both of them in the first quarter. Almost could have been sketchy on that play. Yep. Um, but he was able to kind of, I don't know, he was just down, I guess. Yeah. So hats off to the O-line. You threw that stat out about, you know, only two sacks. But I also want to say hats off to how football works and hats off to Pat Shermer 
because that's what happened when the team believes you may actually run the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just running the ball, even if running unsuccessful or not as successful, will decrease sacks because the defense ain't just coming at you like that because they don't want to blow by the run. It's crazy to say this, but if I could go back in time and you told me, okay, you get to pick one game where Shador doesn't play, Mm -hmm. I would have picked it to happen much earlier in the season because from the time that he went out against Washington State to the end of the game today, I think CU learned some things uh, from a play-calling perspective, from an offensive line perspective of when we do commit to these things, it can work. Um, but Shador being as good as he is, is just such a crutch for a play caller where it's like, you know, we talked about it with coach from, he's like, yeah, we tried to run the ball. We went backwards five yards. So then we went back to throwing it. And like, I understand that, but as a play caller, you don't have a choice when stops in there, Mm -hmm. you have to stick with it. Yeah. When Shador's in there, you're just like, ah. No, when Shador's in there, you, you know, a lot of people try to say it's daddy ball and Coach Prime is trying to pad his son's stats for the NFL or something. Go watch when, Jackson when, State. When the fact of the matter is, situationally, basketball, football, baseball, hockey with a puck, you keep it in the hands of the best person. Yep. And he's the best person when he's out there. So it's going to be in his hands or Travis' hands more than it's in anybody else's hands. But if you think that the reason CU threw it so much this year is because Coach Prime wants to patch the door stats, just go watch Jackson State. They were incredibly balanced. Uh, you know, even in the Celebration Bowl, almost all the way, almost to a fault, um, down to when they had no choice but to throw it in the two-minute drill at the end of the game, they were sticking with the run. Because it was working. And. <laughs> Throughout the whole tenure there at Jackson State, they stuck with the run when it worked. Yeah. Um, and the challenge here is like when the reporter asked, Savion had some success in the first quarter, didn't touch it again, was oh, Coach Prime said the commitment is not to a player, it's to running. And so we tried different things to run, but you see in the end of the at the end of the stats today, we still did not run the ball incredibly well. We just had to run it more than we've run before because you're a dynamic quarterback within the game. So for stop. what it's worth, I personally sorry, I personally would have gotten more touches for Savion. Ain't no damn doubt. Yeah. So Staub was sacked on the first play of their second drive. A lot of Savion, as you guys said, and also a lot of Caleb Mathis. Savion at the end of the first quarter, seven carries for 32 yards. That's what he finished the game with. It's tough. See you punts. Um, Utah gets the ball back. That is to the point where I almost wonder if he was banged up. Um, it's the second quarter. They drive down the field, and they have to settle for a field goal attempt. It's 10 nothing at this point, but Colorado actually responds on their next drive. Um, an amazing trick play. Probably the first, only, and last trick play we saw all year. The double pass, Jimmy Horn to Dylan Edwards, 30 yards, touchdown. Dylan's first touchdown since week one. And Unk told us last night it was coming. Yeah, you know what? And uh, I didn't know how it was going to come because at practice, it didn't work well. You know, uh, it didn't work well. Now, let me say this. Maybe it wasn't working well at practice because the defense kind of knows out of the first couple times that you're about to do this. Yes, very much uh, so. And so that could be a key, but it worked perfectly today. I it was that those things are so fun. Great throw. Um and I just I watched Jimmy's throwing mechanics on it about a hundred times and it just cracks me up because if you ever watch like wide receivers playing catch with each other, they all throw the same. It's like back foot, leaning back, flick of the wrist, uh and any quarterback's coach is probably cringing when they yeah. see him make that throw, but there he is. And the, the backflip back after you did it. Yes. Yes, it was beautiful. Uh, hit Dylan in stride, man. It was a great throw. Uh, you but isn't that amazing, though, say that again, you, about Dylan and TCU to touchdown? 
It's his first touchdown since TCU. Had four of them that game. Yeah. What a drought. Finishes the season with five touchdowns. Should have been Starting six. Starting with four. Should have been six, actually, yeah. Um, so Utah gets the ball back. They get goal to go from the Buffs five. They get it down to the two. And for the second time in the game, Colorado forces a field goal attempt when they're basically backs against the goal line. 13-7, CU gets the ball back, and this was just a a gutsy drive, one of the best drives of the year, I think. They have a minute 32 left in the first half, and Staub just feeds Travis Hunter. Four receptions for 68 yards for Travis on that drive. Of course, the one that was called back. We don't have to go through all this again. So, wait, it should have been like five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown on one Pretty drive? Pretty much, yeah. Wait, that wouldn't even make well, sense. He he had more catches down, like going down the field. Okay, okay. Um, Couldn't have had 100, though. Pretty sure it was this drive. He was rounding. 16 <laughs> plus 11 plus I 16 plus 29. Or no, that's the overturn. Ah, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Anyways. Jake was in gifted classes, so he can do those kind of things fast. Anyways, the score's 13 to 10. Uh, Utah, or who gets the ball to start the first half? It's Utah. They do. They immediately go three and out. Colorado goes three and out. Utah gets the ball back. They At halftime, Coach Prime's call to the team was, great job, blah, 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 for the first half, but we got to go out there and stop them. We have to stop them, three and out them. They cannot score the opening possession. And they and did. They didn't. They Hey, man. They stopped them. One thing I love about today's defense, there was a course sometimes where we gave over a big run, but just think about the two times in the first half that we held them to field goals. Had those been touchdowns? Like, they when they had to, they did it. Um, so, the first drive of the second half is when Utah goes three and out. That's when the Dylan touchdown happened on the punt return. Or, yep. The lack of yeah. yeah. And gutsy play by Dylan to not fair catch that. Yep. I think he when he I think he got back there and was like, I'm not fair catching this. Yeah, no he was what. saying, fuck it, bro. I'm <laughs> yeah. sending this one. He said, I'm going to score. And man. Well, as much as credit as I want to give Dylan to that, uh, Coach Rashad on the sideline told him. Yeah. Go score. If it comes to you, go. Love I that. love that. And uh, that was the first time in a long time we've seen Dylan in, you know, fourth gear. Yeah. My God. And he got to fourth pretty quick because the first guy he made miss – he went to zero to sixty on. Yep, and like, then just <laughs> and it was when he gets churning, it's literally like a cartoon. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a like a wheel of smoke behind yeah, him. Yeah, like his legs are blurry. Yeah. He took some big hits today too. Yep, and did not rattle. Yep. Uh, so Colorado goes three and out. Utah gets the ball back. They manufacture a drive. They get all the way down to the one yard line. Punch it in. It's twenty to ten. CU doesn't do much though. They go three and out. Uh, Utah gets the ball back. We're into the fourth quarter here. Uh, they kick a field goal. What is this? Their be their third field goal of the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was from the 13 yard line. So three times this defense could have led up a touchdown. This game could have been a 35 to 13 or something easily. But this defense stepped the hell up and they played really well, especially when their backs were against the wall multiple times. Yeah. Unfortunate thing about this is they give up. Two long field goal drives in uh, the second half. And so you look up when they get the ball at this, um, or maybe it's just one field goal drive. Was it one or two? In the second half? Yeah. Um, Just the one to start the fourth quarter. Two. Two of them. Two of them. Yep. Yep. So they give up these two long drives that that result in field goals, which is, is a win. Yeah. But you look up when Colorado gets the ball with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, the drive yeah. that you're about to hit. 
They've had the. They had only run six plays in the second yeah. half. When the, by what the did they have they the ball about 35, 40 minutes this game? Uh, total time of possession. CU twenty fifty six. Uh, this is an 40, updated. So forty. No, this is an updated. It says Utah's at thirty one. Okay. That, I don't know. The stats broadcasting kind of sucks. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a just, page in coffee table. They just did an update. No explanation. It. No clarity. Stats broadcasting sucks. Um, do we have it here? Okay, so it's right here. It was you. It was right then. Thirty nine oh four to twenty fifty six. And goal. we were in the game. Yep. yep. Somebody had the ball that much. And so, again, hats off to the defense because typically you have the ball that much, you're getting a touchdown. Yep. Yep. Well, but you're right. The, the mathematical result of hat, even though we held them to a field goal, that was a long time that they would have the ball, man. And this drive might have been the most impressive to me, even more impressive than the one before half. Yeah. Because they are ice cold. They've, they've been sitting on the bench for what feels like the whole second half. They have to score no matter what. Mm-hmm. And they went out and did it. Yep, we get the ball Jake, back. here's a warning. Part of the interruption. I'm about to be all jacked up on Mountain Dew. So when I come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> all right? Yeah. Shout out to Talladega Knights. Um, so, yeah, it's 11-23 left in the fourth quarter when CU gets the ball back. This is the drive. I'm sorry. Travis Hunter had four catches for 68 yards on this drive, including the 18-yard touchdown. Gains a 33-6-5 and 18. Michaels Harrison had a uh, – that was a great play by Staub, actually. Fourth down. It was, uh, yeah, fourth and four. Staub's, like, rolling to his right, kind of just Back slings foot, it, man. Sling it. Harrison's wide open down the field, gain a 25. That puts him in position. It's 23-17. to 17. Oh, and Mikey caught that first down early in the game, though. Oh, yeah. That drop. Oh, it was a yep, crucial moment. Yep. I know, hey, drops happen. Shout out to Mikey. He has been, like, so dynamic this year. And super reliable. Walk-on receiver, converts to tight end, he'll lead the team in touchdowns. Like, I mean, he is that dude, but you – that ball hit him in the hands and between the numbers. Like, oh, man, you got to catch that one. Yep. Uh, drive killer. Utah gets the ball back with 7 Really quick. Sorry. This is the last drive of the game. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, it needs to be talked about because it was impressive. Travis's acceleration. On the touchdown. After he catches that ball, there are guys all around him. Mm-hmm. He catches it, makes one little move, skirts into the middle <clears> of the end zone, and it reminded me so much of Tyreek Hill. Um, he obviously doesn't have quite Tyree Kill speed, but the way Tyree Kill catches it, like it quickly touchdown ana- last weekend, yeah, exactly. Quickly analyzes the situation and just like goes to the open space. Yep, that that was that for Travis. It was want to point this out about Travis. Not a normal. It's going to make that all of this even more abnormal. The touchdown that got called back where he hit the ground and they say dropped it or whatever or it moved, got injured on that play, and uh, did not come out of the game. Kept Dog. playing. Warrior. Dog. <laughs> like, just kept going. Uh, even the 33-yard uh, catch, that was second play of that drive. Guy was just holding him the entire time. Yeah, Travis turns around yeah. and just snags it. This next play is the most important play of the game. <clears throat> uh, which one? The, the first one. down for Utah on first. the last drive of the game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about this play. <laughs> you did um, say the next play. Batari throws a ball to the flat. Jaden Miller Jones is there. He kind of hesitates, and then he undercuts it. Doesn't quite. He doesn't pick it off. He had a chance if he would have um, made the jump, but oh. he's too late. Ball falls to the ground. That would have been a pick six. Utah just for the first time all day did something stupid. Yep. There was no reason for them to pass the ball on that drive, as evidenced by every other play on the rest of the drive, and they got a little cute. 
And the yep. quarterback, the fifth-string quarterback, went fifth-string quarterback for one moment in the whole game and did something really dumb. And for whatever reason, Jaden Milliner-Jones just didn't go. Uh, like for, He just didn't jump it. And it was floating up in the air, and he was, it almost was like, a, again, like a cartoon reference. Like yeah. his, his wheels were spinning, and he was like, yeah. ah. In the same place, though. And then he finally gets his hands out there. But, like, that's one where that ball goes up in the air. You're breaking on it yep. immediately. You jump, easiest pick six of your life. Oh, with Travis, it's just <clears throat> it's a reflex. Yeah. The ball's up there, and he's just straight at it. Yep. Yeah. So not a criticism uh, of Jaden Miller or Jones. I think just one of those things where, like, the ball's up there, and you're like, oh, my God. It's, it's right there. He'll learn from this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, after that play, Utah just runs out the clock. Game's over. 23-17. Yeah. 23-17. What was the score again last year? 63-21. to 40 points. Yep. And that 21 Plus. came in oh, garbage. Oh, the game was over. Yeah. Time. game was over. It was never, it was never close. Mm. Yep. Perspective. Well, and absolutely. The one word quote from Jake that I love. I will say, man, it hurts in football when there's six minutes on the clock and you just need to stop and you can't stop them from running the ball. Uh, but that's that's what Utah has built this program on for a long, long time. They've got beasts up front. That's what they're built to do. On the on the other side of the coin, you know, Coach Rhyme said it uh, many times in his post game presser. Everyone in the nation knows what we need. Mm-hmm. It's the trenches, yeah. and you know that was offensive cool. line is what he meant. I, I well, I think to, he no, both no, sides. no, no. It's both sides. I, I talked to uh, Coach Kelly after the game, not an interview, just chit chatting. Probably shouldn't even quote him, but I am. He'll get mad and forgive me. So we're just chit chatting, and uh, he he said, "Look, look here, man." He even challenged me. Go look it up. I bet you we have the lightest defensive line in D one football. And I said, Coach, I, I'm not going to go look it up. I believe you. Like we, like we are just as deficient on the D line as we are on the O line, yep. and that's one of the problems with stopping the run consistently. Uh, we have got to get bigger on the D line, and we got. And frankly, what I told him, we got to get nastier. Exactly. You know, um, man, ninety nine is my guy. I love Mr. Shane Cox, cerebral player, talented. Well today too. I mean, he name called a bunch of yeah, times today. Exactly. He was in there. But you got to have that guy or guys on the defensive line when they walk in the room. You go like, Holy "I tuck my tuck my chain," yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, hey, hold my wallet. Because if he wants it, he, yeah, no, he's, he's gonna get it. it. <laughs> like we got to have some guys like that strike that kind of fear with their just their presence, their physical presence, and their talent. Yeah, and tackles. I believe that's what they're going out to get. Nine chain tackles for tackles. Shane Cooks today. Yeah. Tied yeah. for the team lead. Yeah, he was he was everywhere, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we used to call him first guy off the bus. Like, mm-hmm. who's that for Colorado? Yeah, who's the guy that you ha- you want if they're watching your team get off the bus? You take that first step off in there and go, oh, shit, we're yeah. in for one today. Yeah. We're lacking in that department. Yep, and even in the weight part, like uh, Coach Keller was talking about, I love when that guy gets off the bus and the bus goes up higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he gets that little bounce, like God. <laughs> Man, he's a big boy. Yep. Shout out to Illegal Pete's. This episode of the DMVR Buffs podcast is not presented by Illegal Pete's, but usually it is. <laughs> um, fueled by Illegal Pete's. Yes, fueled by I Illegal wish. We are in the <laughs> land of many of these uh, burrito, fast casual ripoff restaurants, mm-hmm. and it just puts me back in perspective just how good Illegal Pete's is. Amen. 
Uh, you know, right. speaking of restaurants, good suggestion last night. I'm not going to say their name because they're not a sponsor. No but you guys got us a good spot last and night. They and they quite and, literally left us out in the cold. <laughs> but quite literally. But I do want to shout out their bathroom, their restroom. <laughs> like, it's, I put it to the test. If you go to a bus basketball dinner. game, bring your ticket to Illegal Pete's, <laughs> and you can score a free house margarita or draft beer with their soundcheck promo. Illegal Pete's is your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. And then shout out to our friends at Olipop. Do you need a red Olipop right now? I, I do, and I need a, to re-up at the crib. I'm getting running low on the uh, the lime green. You're going to have to come Swing make a stop the at the bar, before man. You go home. Yep. By the way, mm-hmm. how things can look when your backup quarterback is out there, Florida State, just uh, there's two minutes left in the half. It's a nice ball. They just cu- uh, crossed into positive offensive yards on the day. Well, good throw, though. Um, but shout-out to Olipop, a new kind of soda. Can help you improve your gut health. Has nine grams of prebiotics in every single can. Um, they got delicious flavors: red, purple. Gotta have red. Gotta have purple. Uh, I probably have way more than I should have in one sitting, but I kept telling myself about the probiotics. Mm-hmm. I was like, Pre- prebiotics. Oh, prebiotics. Yeah. Well, I kept telling myself about the biotics, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I added a little vodka to it. You should be, yes, sir. Little. Hey, it's a great mixer, man. It really is, man. You should yeah. be pro prebiotics as a pre-game guy. Oh, I love that. It's not the pro-game show. Maybe it was the, the uh, biotics that helped me out in the restroom last night. <laughs> Jesus. The food was good, too, Jake. That was great food. Code DMVR20 for 20% off your next Olipop order and drink. Olipop.com. Olipop can also be found in over 22,000 stores across the country, including King Super, Safeway, Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. I've never been to a Sprouts. It's a pretty decent grocery store. Safeway is my choice. It's one choice. of those ones, though, where you go there and you can't get everything you need. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Yeah. They have a great uh, meat department there. Yeah. This <laughs> guy's four years old. <laughs> this is kind of funny, though. Um, Tell us more about the meat. <laughs> like, Trader Joe's is the same way, not to give free <laughs> shout-outs here, but, like, I like, there's some things I really like there, but then I'm like, oh, I got to go to the other store to get some decent peanut butter. Yep. I hate that. I'm a one-stop kind of guy. Me too. Me too. Shout out to Safeway. Sponsor us next year, and I'll talk about you more. Um, all right. King Supers is better. Uh, Unless they hey. sponsor us, then they're the best. You got to give me the, the distance to King Supers from the crib. Like, I, I, Safeway is just convenient. Yeah, it's close to you. There's, We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> they got a good meat department. They do. Um, I don't know what you guys want to hit here. Utah ran for 268 yards, only threw for 61 CU, basically the exact opposite, threw for 225, only ran for 37. Seven penalties on the buffs today. Uh, we already talked about time of possession. Let's you talk- know, on those penalties, I know we have been critical about the officials, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to take those couple penalties off. One thing that we have consistently done all season is not just the penalty and the yardage, it's the situation that we do it in. It's like we got to – so, for instance, you remember they were down on the goal line and we jumped off sides? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal when somebody's on the half-yard line and you jump offside with aggression and they just move it half the distance. That's not a big deal. Situationally, hell, keep doing it. You might time it right and, and get a strip sack or something. But it can't be like third and five and yep. you jump offside. Yep. Yep. It can't be third and 15 and you do rough in the passer. Like we, gotta, we have to understand situational football and not do a penalty that extends the drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to make this a, any like a criticism of him, but I just pointed out because it was one of those ones where I was like, Ugh. 
Cormani on a fourth yep. and four field goal attempt ran in front of the line to get to the other side of the line, yep. and he's in the neutral zone. All anyone on Utah had to do was reach out and touch his leg. Yep. Lined up in the neutral zone, five yard penalty. It's one of those ones where it's like, I, I missed his on Sportsman. Like they were way across the field. What happened with that? We couldn't see it either. Okay. What? Yeah. There was like a Cormani's scrum, and Cormani got an unsportsman oh, like. I couldn't see what happened. Um, the people next to us are saying the other guy threw a punch, though. Yeah, it was one of those things where the rare case, and make of this what you will, where the first guy got in trouble. Gotcha. Because usually it's a retaliation that the refs see, right? Because mm-hmm. they hear the dust up. Um, Damn refs. But <laughs> that's a page sound, the, the people next to us said both players were, like, shoving and punching. And okay. How is this a catch if Travis is in a catch? Uh, the people don't know what you're talking about, but I, you. This I Florida agree. State catch. This is crazy. It's um, the same thing. Um, I, I want to talk about the press conference. Yeah, let's talk about uh, it. Because I felt <clears throat> it was very informational. Yeah. Um, Coach Prime was cooking as usual. He, you, I knew. Uh, this is where I'm at with my uh, relationship with Coach Prime. I knew just based off of the quality of answers that he was giving that when. When Curtis told him he it was done, he would tell him, nah, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, and so anytime he does that, you know that you're getting good stuff from Coach Prime. Um, a lot of it was about the future. Yep. A lot of it is about um, what's going to happen in the next few days. And That's not um, a catch. <laughs> the big thing that he kept saying was that in the next three to ten days, Colorado is expecting mm-hmm. um, big news on the recruiting trail. And then the other thing is I, I asked him, uh, what, you know, how what percentage of the additions of this offseason do you expect to come from the transfer portal? He said a plethora. Um, last time he it's said. It's definitely going to be a catch. <clears throat> last time he said there was big recruiting news on the way, Cam Michael went and committed. Let me, let me tell you all this. Not y'all. Y'all. <laughs> he, Corey Phillips, me to some degree, y'all to some degree, we know things before we know things. Mm-hmm. Please don't think that he doesn't know the offensive line is about to get better. Mm-hmm. The defensive line is about to get better. The secondary is about to get better. Like, he knows recruitment, verbalize. People are just waiting on that window of time when the announcements happen. But people have made up their minds about things. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing that has happened since they made up their minds that when they can make it officially official that they do that. Yep. So the first, I would say the, the fifth, the third through the 15th of December, there's going to be a lot of activity in Colorado football recruitment and announcements. And you're going to say, Jake, RK, Neely, they were right. The team is about to get better. Totally. Uh, And just to add to that, one thing – there's a lot of things that we know that we can't say sometimes. One thing I'll never do is take away a kid's thunder on them announcing a commitment. Absolutely. Uh, They they should be the ones to break that 100 out of 100 times. Yep. And it always allows for that one in 50 times where a kid changes his mind. For sure. (laughs) For sure, I got to You know, I've I've been told to still go ahead and put it out. I got a kick-ass interview with the lineman who uh, decommitted and going to Mizzou. Talent Chandler. <laughs> All he did was praise Coach Prime. <laughs> it's a twenty-minute interview of him praising Coach Prime and his decision to come to Colorado. Interesting. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Coach Prime is asked about uh, Shador and Staub, and he says, "This was my first time playing without my son Shador. 
it was the first time I was available and he wasn't, it wasn't easy, but Staub did a wonderful job. Yeah. On the immediate future, he said, we already know what's going to come in the next few days, too. We can have you as uh, you already said that, but he said, you guys are going to be pleased with what's coming. I promise you that. Um, on the portal, he said, we, we know what we need for Shador. We know where to find it. It ain't hard to find. He was asked, a, just for what it's worth, there is a lot of pushback nationally on this idea that Colorado can replenish their offensive line through the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. Um there's a lot of belief out there. You'll see tweets about it all the time. Of like, yeah, everyone in the country thinks they're going to about to redo their offensive line through the transfer portal. Um, so I just wanted that to be noted when it happens. Yep. That there was a lot of people who said that Colorado couldn't fix their offensive line through the transfer portal. And I don't know why. Not enough player. The, the the whole idea is that good offensive linemen don't transfer. Well, here's where they're missing the boat. Let me help not them sure. out. Typically, offensive lines are deep. They're repetitive. There's redundancy on them. There's a there's a true, unlike with a QB1, and I'm not talking about Colorado football, I mean football in general, unlike a QB1, on the line, there's not a significant drop-off between the first guy and the guy behind him. You know, you can move pieces around and, and deficiencies. So there are guys around the country who have, say, for instance, one more year, whether it's as a grad student or what have you. You get the opportunity to come to Colorado and protect who's going into that season as a Heisman hopeful slash favorite. You are not about to convince me that there's not a list of guys that want that opportunity. Yep. I think not, not only are the people wrong that there's not enough of it out there in the market space, I think there's so much of it, and from an interest standpoint, that you're going to be able to pick and choose. Yeah. Instead of going, man, we got to take this guy because we got to take somebody who just wants to be here. You're going to be able to say, like, no, give me RK and Jake, not Neely, because you're going to have that ability of choice because that's how long the list is going to be of people that want to protect the Heisman hopeful slash winner for next season. And here's the other thing that I think people aren't thinking about. Uh, Texas A&M is changing coaching staffs. They've got big-name players. They've got a big-name player from Colorado starting at uh, left tackle for them. Um Michigan State is changing coaching staff. Mississippi State. How about Oregon State now? That's a team that's got some dogs. I'm getting there. Mississippi State is changing coaching staffs. Oregon State is co changing coaching staffs. There's a chance that Ohio State might be sure. changing coaching staff. Um, there are going Go to be blue. a lot of players out there who are saying, okay, so I can either play for this new square that they're bringing in here or I can go play for Coach Prime? Yep. There could be a change at Georgia. Wow. Georgia could be going to Texas A&M. Uh, last I saw, Dabo was the one that uh, that, okay. that could happen There's too. A coaching <laughs> change at Clemson, <laughs> yeah. like, like it's not too. all just like uh, a kid from Iowa is starting from Iowa and he's a beast, and Kirk Ferentz is going to be there till he dies. Uh, it's a lot of hey, you're going to have options now. You can play for this new coach and a new offense and all this stuff, or you can go play for Colorado or somewhere else. Yep. And not to rehash it and spend time on it, but it's the exact same thing with the defense side of the ball. Yep. There are guys in the trenches that are going to want to play here. Yep. Because because Coach Kelly, now that this season has ended, it'll be six, but before this season, in the past five years, has coached in two national championship games. Look at the number of guys on defense he's put in the NFL. Who would not want to come play for him? Coach Prime was asked if there will be changes to the coaching staff going into the offseason, and he kept it very, very short. He just said a few. A few. And man. then he was pressed. What about an offensive coordinator? Yeah. Uh, and he said that he's not sure yet. Uh, and he also sang the praises of Pat Shermer. 
Um, and Sean Lewis. He shouted him out, too. Yep, but he said he communicates incredibly well with Pat Shermer. Mm-hmm. Shador communicates incredibly well with Pat Shermer. Sean Lewis communicates incredibly well with Pat Shermer. Um, and, you know, he did a great job today. He did a great job today. Absolutely, and and you can't lose track of Jackson State, two undefeated seasons in conference with measurable, notable coaches' changes each of those seasons. Yep. And that was undefeated. What do you think a guy like Coach Prime said to Presser, where the standard is the standard, will do with a team that is four wins and he did it with a team that was ten wins? Mm-hmm. There's going to be changes. So who they are, what they are, doesn't necessarily mean people are leaving the building. Because at Jackson State, it was just like a reshuffling of the deck sometimes. Like Michael Pollock went to receivers and T.C. Taylor, now the head coach, went to O.C. And then it flipped around again. So people were still in the organization but with different roles. You also have coaches who went in of themselves, whether because they've been doing this a while, want to retire or want to be back closer to home. Sometimes it's a coach's decision to not be a part of something. But you can rest assured that between tomorrow morning and early January – there's going to be some coaching changes. Yep. Coach Prime was asked about the foundation that was laid this year um, and what he would say about the foundation that was laid. He said, understanding what we're capable of and what it takes to get to the, to that level of consistency and practice habits, study habits, holding each other accountable. We established some things that are foundational for the new young men that come in here. The guys that are here understand this is how it is, and this is how it's going to be. He also said on players that have a decision to make, Shane Cokes is one of them. There's quite a few, actually guys who have decisions to make. He said, some of the players already started having conversations. I met with some this week. We hope that they plan on staying in some guys. If they want to go, God bless them. <laughs> One of my biggest loves of tonight's press, con- this a- evening's press conference was the first part of that, Jake, when he talked about the culture and the foundation now. Uh-huh. When he inherited this program, of course, it is culture-less because you are switching head coaches. Mm-hmm. He then has to bring in guys, and you know how tremendous his words, how big of a roster flip it was. Well, those guys spent the spring and summer learning the Coach Prime way of doing things. And then there was some fighting along the way. We all know how it took some while for Carmani, uh, uh, incoming freshman, to adjust to the Coach Prime way. Uh, you saw it with other players who had come from other schools having to learn to do it his way. Well, when you get into next year, and you have this cadre of people who are still here and done it, now the students begin to teach the new students. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the challenge when you go play at Oregon, when you go play at UCLA. Like, that culture is established. Utah. A Utah. It, culture is established. It's not you're no longer learning it. Mm-hmm. We're just in year one of this. Yep. When we get to year two and year three, and guys know what it's like to play for him and what the expectations are, to go back to that smoke quote, you're not going to have selfish people on the team because this is an organization that put up with selfish play. You're going to be on meetings on time. You're going to be on the bus on time. You're going to be doing all the little things because that's what it takes to play ball for Coach Prime. You can't do it the way you used to do it somewhere else. Smoke wasn't here today. No, there's a bunch of people weren't here today. Smoke yeah. was at Iron Bowl. There's a bunch of people to places that they, you would think they would not be. Everybody ain't sick. The flu didn't get everybody. Coach Prime was asked if he thinks Colorado has enough resources. This is what you asked, right? I sure mm-hmm. did. I'll um, tell you why I asked it. In a if second. he has enough resources to get this program to where he wants it to be. He says, we're getting there. We definitely need giving. You know what I mean. It's unfortunate to say this, but some kids cost. If you start looking at some of the top teams in the country, you see what was spent. 
There's a reason I asked that to Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. Because when Coach Prime in his press conference on Tuesday says, we're not going to be held hostage, we're not an ATM, you're not coming here to get rich, there are people out there who say, oh, Coach Prime is telling us he doesn't need NIL. That's not. And that is not what he was, he's was. he been saying. Mm-hmm. So the reason I asked him that and gave him the opportunity to say what he did, which I'm glad that he uh, he went with that, is because Colorado does need help in that regard and it is true that you know he he he, wa- he said he wants uh, his guys to look up the cost of the rosters um and not, that won't ever probably be public but yep. you know they can probably get a good uh, a good guess on what it costs to put together a national championship a college football playoff caliber roster mm-hmm. and i've said it once i'll say it a million times it's the one thing that colorado doesn't have we got beautiful facilities we have an amazing stadium we have a, an incredible place to live. We have a great coach, a great coaching staff underneath him, a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Best player in the country. Yeah, one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country. And we don't have the fans opening up their wallets the way that teams that play at that level do. It just hasn't happened yet, and it's something that has to happen, and it's one of the few things, I talk about it all the time, that we can actually control as as people on our couches that want our team to win, we can actually help in that regard, and Colorado needs it uh, big time. Yep. Got to have it. 5430 Foundation. I was glad you said that. (laughs) It's not going to happen unless we support the collective and give to it because it is a significant, major, and absolute got-to-have part of college football. Yep. Uh, And when you look at those teams right now that are in the top six in the nation, top four in the nation – and what their collectives are able to do to help build those rosters, it just is what it is, and it's going to be what it's going to be. And so we have to do it. Uh, His coaching, his ability to recruit can only get us so far. Uh, What the foundation does gets you over the top. Amen. All right, uh, just a few more things. Coach Prime said on recruiting in the portal and just moving forward, I said I like where we are, I really do. He said that multiple times today. He said the importance of getting the running game of getting better at running the ball this offseason is number one A and one B. And then uh, he was just very proud of Shiloh. That was the last question he was asked today, and he spoke a lot about him. He said Shiloh played his butt off this year. He's not the other brother, he's Shiloh. He's a force to be reckoned with. He's Shout out to Big Two One captain going out with the coin toss he's dominant at what he does he comes to play hard and he brings his lunch pail i'm really proud of him and he's coming back and he's coming back a lot of uh good players coming back and a A lot lot of of good coaches coming back and a lot of good players a lot of good uh shows like this coming back including chiefly this show let's go it's coming back all right you guys ready maybe not this couch and this separate seat because i want to sit where i can touch jake We ready to do this last Pause. segment of the last post game show? I can't believe Auburn gave up this touchdown, man. This, this is, is a crazy play. How do you? First of all, probably it's OPI, but still, how should do probably you pressure more. Honestly, yeah. Well, I don't know. You you got it. I guess you shouldn't have a one on one when you have eight people deep. But all you got to do is just knock this thing down. You're standing right next to him. Anyways, okay. Shout out to Snarf's damn good sandwich, perfect bread cheese meat ratio. With great ingredients. They've been doing it in Colorado since 1996. They're in Boulder. Uh, they've also got Snarf Burgers. Snarf Burgers got three locations in Denver and Boulder as well. So let me tell you this now. Snarf Burger, mm-hmm. pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. You tried to slight me and leave me the hot dog sub as if it was a diss. 
But let me tell you, brother. Brother, you got snark, three subs. The, no, I got two. I took one. Thank you. I didn't have three. I had two. He took one. I still got left with the hot dog sub, and it was excellent, man. That's Andre, our GM at the NVR. That's his favorite sub. So Jake was like, said, all right, man, if you don't tell me what you want, you're going to get the hot dog sub. Punish me. Like, like I wasn't was punishing you. The person who was trying to get the order it was, was asking, and I kept on saying they're not responding. And she said, "Okay, you're gonna get. He's gonna get a hot dog sub." So that's. I was oh, just man. relaying info to you. Oh, hot it, dog it, sub slaps. It slaps hard. Man. I got the pastrami I, one, and that shit was amazing. How was the chicken bro. salad? I think that's the one you took. It was good. It was good. I love the rotisserie chicken sandwich from there too. I'm so gotta hungry. put that on the list. I haven't eaten a real meal all day. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got we, you and I got punished. Yep, we do. As a salute to service, all current and retired U.S. military personnel receive a complimentary seven-inch sandwich for. This already happened. It's time. Uh, I know it's time to go. And RG's <laughs> <almost> <laughs> standing up. He's like, he's like, all right, he's pacing. Go. He's pacing. Anyways, Alyssa has her hands on the hip like burn. Wonder Woman. She got a cheetah belt on. You gotta let me finish the ads, then, bro. <laughs> We still got super chats. Like we ain't going I, nowhere. I know. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Circa. Uh, you guys are heading back there in about a month or so. I don't know time. <laughs> um, but Circa's just amazing. One of the best sports books in Vegas. That's they also have Stadium book. Swim. I don't know time. Uh, beautiful resort. Great places to eat there as well. If you're heading out to Vegas for Broncos Raiders, Avs Knights, Pack Twelve, or Mountain West Salon, book your stay with the code DMVR20. You can get twenty percent off. Also, if you live in the state of Colorado, download the Circa Sportsbook app. You can download the app at circasports.com. Circa Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Hey, man, I use Circa because, you know, they're with us. Going home for the holidays, I'm going to miss being in a bed on my phone. Shout out to Circa. Can't it's do it been out rough here this weekend. Speaking about all being sorts out here. of things you can't do on your phone out here. Can I hijack the show real quick? Because this been was doing a it all day. So this was a dope weekend for me. Speak on it. I mean, so yesterday I'm not going to say where we were, but yesterday we were at the hotel I used to work at. Oh yeah, in Salt Lake City. And uh, it was just cool, man. Put a lot of shit you into perspective. You took us through like the back doors, man. You knew the alley shortcuts. Put a lot of shit into perspective of how far I've come, how much has happened the last year, and shit, man. I'm glad I'd, you guys brought me on. I'm glad you allowed me to work Hell this yeah. beat. Hell yeah. I'm um, thankful for Dre, man. Thankful for you, Unc, for helping Dude, elevate this show. and Speak just on it, man, because I'm not talking about that part. I'm about the elevation. But a year ago today, I didn't know either of you. I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, shit, Alyssa's here. Alyssa's been awesome, just helping out, just making everything dope. Doesn't, doesn't hurt that she's smoking hot. I know y'all can't <laughs> see her right and now. I got to say this, Jake, though. Um, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I actually, that didn't sit in for me yesterday. But the fact that you went back to a place where you worked, working, yeah, and doing and on something them. that you, you know, have dreamed of doing is pretty badass. So you walking was, in there and us getting ready to do that show and doing that show from there, was the personification of this. You yep. should do it. Yep. He should have just walked by the front desk. <laughs> Shit, man. I, I have a memory of 2019. Um, the it was I was working there only a few weeks at that point, but the Buffs came to stay at the hotel. And I saw Mel Tucker and Visca and all these guys walk in. I was just like, wow. damn, man. Like One day. That'd be cool to do. Yeah. Look sick. at you doing it, man. That's sick. Yeah. Give Shout out to Jake, man. 
Shout out to Jake. I love it. Thank you, man. I'm glad I know you, man. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed too, working with you. Glad I know all y'all. Shout out to RG as well. I didn't get to shout out RG, but RG kicked Who's ass that? this year for us. <laughs> Who? The guy hid in the corner over there. I don't know him. <laughs> he had the best view of anyone of Travis's catch. He did. he did. And he left me hanging at halftime, which is why I'm snubbing him now. <laughs> so I go to him. It's about five minutes before halftime. I say, RG, man, you want to do me a favor and do something like pretty cool? He says, sure, what you got? I said, you want to record me and Coach Prime's halftime interview? Yeah, I got you. I said, look, 20-yard line, about two minutes, minute and a half left. Done cool. this job. 2.30 left, I'm looking for him. Two minutes left, I'm looking for him. I call a timeout. I say, Darius, I need you, you know. RJ has flaked me. Then I look up like during the interview, he's like smiling in his zone. Like, it's just like, <laughs> did you intentionally diss me? <laughs> he was getting you back for Jake. <laughs> Damn it, RG. I still love you, brother. He got the shot. <laughs> he did. He did get the it's shot. The oh, best. that's true. He wouldn't have been able to get that shot if he was standing with you. It's the literal best view of that play. Yep. I, I concur. He got the shot. All right, Alyssa. Let's cook. Let's get out of here. Let's cook, man. Okay, let's oh, cook. Jake, we can't get out of here. We got to do super chats. We didn't get out of here. That's what, that's what. Super chat from S. Williams says, thanks for all the hard work you guys poured into the season. Win, loser, draw. I knew I can count on DNVR buffs to keep me updated and still laughing. Can't wait for all the recruiting coverage. Appreciate you. Thanks, let's brother. Oh, if you want it, you can get it. Uh, Carlos Carter, Super Chat. This is my first time catching a live show, but I've been watching all year. Me and my girl are actually coming to Denver. First New England game, I got great seats thanks to your code. And game time, we support here in all Texas. Right. Let's, go. Let's go. Tejas. The Broncos play the Patriots at home? Uh, later in the year, yep. Let's go. See you then. Come to the tailgate. Come to the DMVR bar. Yeah. Uh, Super Chat from Bernard says, proud of the effort today. Can't wait until next season. Thanks, RK. Uh, NM Jake, Uncle Neely, and Matt. See you all in the spring at the spring game. Cheers, go Buffs! We'll be there, and we'll be here. We, we're yeah. not going anywhere. We'll be live on YouTube five Thanks, days Bernard. a week. Thanks, Bernard. Uh, Dana with a super chat wants to know: Will CP get into recruits' homes, or has recruiting changed and it's not necessary? He was asked about that today. I don't think he actually knows. No one he, ever answers Coach Prime's questions when he asks questions back to them. I know. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Deion Sanders, not Coach Prime. We are blessed to have a head coach. And I'm not saying this from a position of arrogance. We are blessed to have a head coach that it's not necessary and doesn't have an impact on our budget that he has to fly to some kid's home and sit on the couch. Everybody wants to come here. I know we're in Utah right now, but here is in Boulder. When we get into that recruiting, what typically coaches are having to travel around and do, Kids are saying, mamas and dads say, no, 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 we, we want to come there. Like, we've seen the videos on YouTube. We, we want to we play with Gunner. We want to come to your <laughs> office. We want to come to the recruiting lounge. Yeah. It would be cool to have you, like, on our couch, but we want to come there. So, that's he was almost being tongue-in-cheek when he's like, you, know, you, you think I should? You know, because he can, and it would be kick-ass. But remember, 85% of the people that go sit on that couch in his office sign. Yeah. Like, it's working and it saves him time to do things here in multiple visits versus traveling, you know, to one couch at a time. If I had been answering the question, though, um, because he asked it back to the reporter who asked the question, if I had been the one who he asked, I would have said it's definitely a nice ace in the hole to keep because Deion Sanders showing up in your living room. But here's the tongue-in-cheek part. Do you think he doesn't know that? 
No, I know he knows that. <laughs> like no, Deion I know Sanders. He did it, I'm just fully aware he's Deion Sanders. He did it one time last cycle, and that was for Cormani McLean. Exactly. So, <laughs> Which is the same person he did that about. Like, <clears throat> yes. I know we want to leave that out, but it happened. Yes. We uh, all know what the deal is, man. <laughs> I mean, the kid's young. He's got to grow through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. grown strides this year, but that he's got to get he. better in multiple areas. Multiple areas. Um, so, to answer that question, man, like, when he's going to make that visit, like, when he has to make that visit. Yep. But he doesn't spend his time jet-setting across the country one couch at a time when he can have ten people on his couch in the afternoon. It's a logistical thing. Uh, Super chat from Lamar. He says, I believe we still come in in a plethora. Sco. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. Darn it. Uh, f- Super chat from Cooper says, a Coach Prime era has been so fun and inspiring, including how gracefully he handles defeat. This adversity will be good for all of us. Go Buffs and go DNBR team. Man, I feel that one. I think I carry a chip on my shoulder for sure. And I think that's one reason why I love this team so much because they just embody that energy. And I yeah. love covering it, and I love how they just they remind they you feed of you. on it. No, not they don't. Remi- they remind me of me. They just I I'm can- into losing. Stop. <laughs> I'm done. No, you're not. <laughs> Keep going. I just, I just that I feed off that energy. Yeah, I love it, Jake, man. I love you, man. and I just yeah, I got to give you the business. Can you let me talk? <laughs> no, with you guys. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> I agree, though. I agree. I. Uh, I love this team, and I love the way that Coach Prime goes about his business. Um, and, you know, the answer he had to my question on Tuesday about being unapologetically yourself, leaning into who you are, that's something that I, I always, uh, you know, try to be. Um, so I think one of the, you know, I think that people gravitate towards that energy from Coach Prime, uh, and it makes him easy to like. For whatever reason, he's also easy to hate. We've gone over those reasons before. But – People that actually listen to Coach Prime and see what he's actually doing, uh, it's infectious and they love it. There's the Colorado versus everyone thing, man. I mean, shit. I feel that down to the core and just being able to shout that out on Twitter and just watch these guys kind of do the same thing and just not give a flying fuck about what anyone's saying about them. Yep. Absolutely feed off of it. I love it. That was a a flying fight. I I saw it. It (laughs) sure was something. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Lamar says, what does the high school signing day show look like in the opening day transfer portal show? Hashtag we coming. Well, (sighs) we haven't got that far. Yeah, we'll get there. I will say this about the day the portal opens. There probably will be some positive news, but that's going to be the day that a lot of people are freaking out. Yeah. Because that's when a lot of guys are going to hit the portal. Uh, it's going to take a little time before we start pulling them out of the portal. Uh, so just, I'm going to send out a tweet with the, um, <laughs> the schedule of how things are going to happen. This day is going to happen. Everyone's going to freak out. Then this is going to happen. Everyone's going to get mm-hmm. excited. So everyone can just bookmark it and be like, Oh, yep, there it is. RK was right. Dude, not only you're right, like you're damn right because it's going to happen, but you can also do this. And this is no diss to anybody. This is just math. When the portal opens, there's going to be an exodus from Colorado. But I would caution you as RK is saying, take a deep breath. And if you want to take beyond a deep breath, take a deep dive on the stats of the people that are leaving and the impact that they had on games. And were they participating, playing, were they problems, whatever, how you want to measure it. And then juxtapose that against to what happens with the people who are coming in. Like there's going to be, because of the haters, right, Mm -hmm. when the first people post, 
you know, everybody's into that Instagram post now where you have that picture of yourself in the paragraph that you have to zoom in and read mm-hmm. where it says, hey, I've been I've talking to my family. No, it's a waste of time. <laughs> I've decided to fill in the blank. Oh, man, ha-ha, somebody else leaving Colorado. Nobody wants to play for Prime. Yep. And about three to seven days after that, when that pendulum swings back the other way. Those people will be quiet. <laughs> it just is what it is. Yep. But it is the chronological order of things. People are going to start departing before people start coming. Yep. Uh, <laughs> to Jake, sorry, to Jake's point, people have already departed because they didn't come to the game today. I mean, he's a graduate too, but it's coming. I mean, yeah, just like, I'm not great going. Great game. Caught a great game. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Jake. I changed my mind. I no longer want an RG doll. I want a Jake doll. Look, nothing against Smoke, but, I mean, his team was here today, yeah. and he wasn't. Yeah, that's options, man. He's got options. He did catch a great game. Uh, e for Eddie, Super Chat, in all caps, we are officially out of the Pac-12. Uh, Well, basketball still has to go through it, but yeah. football, yes. Yep. Uh, super chat from KWC, ride or die, trying to understand why Staub was only sacked twice. Was it because the ran ball ran the ball more or Staub threw faster? Shador choosing to pass looked better. No, Staub doesn't throw faster. Well, uh, it helps when you run the ball, right? It, it absolutely helps. And the scheme was, was more favorable to that today. Uh, it's not an issue of like Staub has a quicker release or something. No, to me, though, it was uh, a product of a few things. One is they ran the ball, for sure. They ran the ball more than they would have. Um, two, the offense was simplified for Ryan Staub to essentially help him go off the first read. Um, that's why you saw a lot of RPOs. It was just, hey, if, if this slant's open, throw it. Um, if it's not, don't. And... The third thing is I don't think that there are times when Shador wants to make the perfect play. Um, And I don't fault him for that because a lot of times the team is relying on him to make the perfect play. Ryan Staub doesn't have that. Like he's not, he's not trying to get to the third progression, right? It's just one. If it's there, if it's not, let's move off of it. And a lot of times he just let it fly. Um, But to me, it was it was the biggest part of it was the way the offense was designed for Ryan Saab. It was Absolutely. just to get the ball out of his hand quickly. In, including the Jimmy Horn uh, pass. To build how, many, how many Jimmy Horn touchdowns passing that has your door had? Yeah. So my point is when you have that we will do a trick play, that helps keep the defense honest. That helps keep the defense from blitzing every damn play. And it's one. It's the same thing that we, we were kind of talking about earlier, though. It's like I wish they would have called that trick play a lot earlier. But there's another thing when Shador Sanders is your quarterback, you're like, are we going to throw the ball and not have it be him? Yeah. To build off that point, though, I mean, it just shows the importance of Travis. And Shador does it all the time, but Staub did it today in that last drive. He just leaned on Travis, man. Yeah. And that's just what a player like that can do for you. It would have been beautiful to see Staub, to your point, to see Staub with Travis and Zay. Hope Zay is yep. feeling better, by the way. He, he didn't miss because he was at a game or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope he's feeling better. I hate that he missed like his true last game because I believe he would could have easily gotten that thousand yards. Uh, but stop with those two options, like yeah, you would. I mean, <laughs> he did a great job today. Yeah. Um, and you know, I th- like I said, I I just wish this game would have happened in like week four because I think the offensive staff learned a little something about it. Mm. Great point. You not you don't just have great hair. You have great points. Thank you. Super chat from Harvey says, what happened to Feely? Had some bad kicks this year. 
Uh, everyone has bad place. Yeah. Just got to gotta get more consistent. Get out of your head. Stop overthinking it. Um, you know, kickers are so damned routined, you know, almost to the point of being superstitious and one little thing goes wrong in the routine and then 50 things go wrong in the routine. Shout out to Alejandro Mata, career-long field goal today, yep. 47 yards. Mata. Super chat from Lawrence says, the refs have been atrocious all season long. Travis and Dylan had us. TDs, good riddance to the Pac-12 refs, and horrendous TV coverage. Neely, will you cover b-ball? Uh, if these two guys let me hang out with them, yes. But I don't think they like me, so I probably won't. We'll have you. <laughs> At least one of us likes you. <laughs> Jake. Jake loves me. I do you, like I you. Know. You don't like me. No, I love you, Jake. Like, I, Jake, you like, Arcade's going to get mad. You're my favorite person, man. All right, now, hug it out. That's why I call you Pooh. Because, like, <laughs> Pooh in the hood means something, man. It's Pooh dog. Uh, super chat from Angela D says, from this season, which CU football uniform co- combo was your favorite? I like the uniforms they wore at TCU. TCU was fire. And they just, everything about TCU was I mean, the best thing that happened this season, unfortunately. But also, fortunately, I'll remember that forever. Um, I think, though, that the uniforms... CSU. No, well, CSU is the best. That was gold, black, black, right? That's Mm -hmm. the best uniform ever. Um, But in terms of, like, the Coach Prime influence uniforms, I think that I might have liked the UCLA ones with the the gold face masks. Mm. Those are dope. Yep. Or wait, no, the gold face masks... That was ASU. It was ASU, the, the... the UCLA one was with the um, gold Ralphies. Yes. On the black helmets, yes. which were sick. And I will tell you that today's were the worst. Next for season, my, for my money. <laughs> Watch out, Oregon. Like, yeah, I'm stoked. We I got can't some wait uniforms. To see that, man. I can't wait. You know the, the beauty of it, Jake? Mm. Going to have a couple of them that people hate because they're not going to understand that people 17 to 23 years old love them. If this is our worst uniform, we're doing pretty good. Well, and I always say, if you ever see me talk about the uniforms, I'm only ever saying a positive thing because when I don't like it, I just keep it to myself, except for just now. Um, but <laughs> the game's over. Um, because it's just it, random noises <laughs> on the other side of the wall. <laughs> it's, it's, not, uh, it's not about what I like at all. It's about what the kids like. Uh, okay, another super chat just from Cherish. Thank you very much. Uh, Sean Camp with a super chat says, not trying to be messy, but why was smoke at the Iron Bowl? Uh, some people in the comments said he's from Alabama, but obviously what happened during the week, I mean, guy's just not with the team. Just wanted to catch a good game. <laughs> he is indeed from Alabama. Uh, super That's cha- not like a reason why he would be there. <laughs> Don't just say it. You know, like just underscore it. It's a big thing in Alabama. <laughs> if we're honest, he probably wasn't going to play tonight anyway, so... No, you know, when I interviewed Coach Flea during the week, um, he didn't mention his name. So I, I think it was clear then that he wasn't going to be here. Hey, I wish him the best. Hey, man, what I say is America's about choices. God bless him and his choices. Yeah, man. I mean, he made th- a choice. Nothing bad to say about no, Smoke. No, Smoke is a good dude, man. He is. I still think he's going to play on Sundays. I think he showed enough on special teams. He's got enough Kentucky footage running the ball that he's going to end up in somebody's camp, and then the rest is on him. Here's what I'll say. December 7th is an important date because that is when the first two episodes uh, I learned today of the Coach Prime docu-series are going to drop. We're going to learn so much from that series uh, of answers to the questions that we had throughout the season. Yep. So, it's for, yeah, first two episodes drop that day, 
and then one a week after that for the next four weeks. We won't have a watch along, but we'll do some. We'll have something special, I think, coming for that. Yeah. Uh, super chat from our guy Big TZ. He says, "Just showing love and respect, family." Big TZ in the house. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, super chat from Jacoby. I think. Uh, who do I need to speak with to become a GA on the O line staff next year? Not us. <laughs> you know, that would be uh, <laughs> Reginald Calhoun over football operations or Coach David Kelly, not to be confused with Coach Charles Kelly, general manager. And their emails are on the website. If you go to Colorado football and go to staff, either look for Reginald Calhoun or David Kelly. I guess I was wrong. You did ask the right people. <laughs> no, it's still not us. Like, it's not our decision. I'm just no, telling you who to contact. But you knew the answer. I mean, he, you just directed him to the, oh, yeah. to the coaching section on the website. <laughs> Can't help you, brother. Just email them. Uh, super chat from Harvey Malone. He says, best pre-post game show, period. Thank you. Appreciate you. Man. Appreciate the love. Also, uh, just a word to the wise <laughs> for something that Neely just said or we were just talking about in terms of, like, how to who do you call and who do you ask for a job. Don't ask for a job in my Twitter DMs. That's not going to work. Uh, same, because I have even less power than this guy. <laughs> so I literally cannot help you. So do not ask me. And I never open mine, so feel free to ask me. Well, that's the thing. I'll see it like three months later. I've got 40 unread, and 22 of them are people asking how they get a job at DNVR. I'm just like, oh, I can't. I don't know. This isn't the place. <laughs> this is confusing. Okay, last one here from Don Peasy. He says, been following Coach Prime since he was primetime in ATL out of FSU. ASU fan here, but he made bus must, must watch TV and easy to root for next year. This is a playoff team. Was the case at JSU will be the case at CU. Hopefully, thank love, you. And love, love. This this marks ten out of twelve games this year that were entertaining, exciting, have, oh, fun to watch. No doubt. Uh, I can't explain to you how unfun, unentertaining, we and unexciting one. every game was, except for one last year. Yes. Um, so. I know there's going to be a million people out there that tell you this team didn't make progress because of their conference record, um, but it's bullshit. That's it? That was the way to end it right there. Mic drop, and the kind of drop where it rattles, too, like it bounces a couple times. I love you guys, man. I enjoyed this season. You guys made this season great. Love you all, too, man. Glad to partner with you all. Yep. Can't, looking forward to 2024. Got about five weeks left in 2023, but, you know. 2024 we're doing some big shit man we are we're gonna have more fun more coverage more interviews more everything man more winnebago's more, more wins. jackets more wins more hey. animal print belts the last thing i want to say on this show of this season don't break a sweat on the escalator don't break a sweat on the escalator it's about to get really fun guys um the season may be over but this is coach prime's time to shine and he said it multiple times today that it's going to be – you're going to be very pleased with what you see. We know what we need, and uh, this team isn't done making splashes. We're going to be better next year. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. You.